What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, we're giving the Creature Kringle Times reindeer a break and hiring some new mystical steeds to carry Kringle Claw's sleigh. And using a bit of Kringle Time magic, we're bringing some megafauna back from extinction. Discover some unforgettable ungulates as we answer the age-old question... Or dragons herbivores? Joining me is friend of the pod, friend of ungulates everywhere, and host of the show, secretly incredibly fascinating, Alex Schmidt. Hey, Katie, it's amazing to be here, and especially thank you for teeing up megafauna. It's very, megafauna. just very, very exciting to be. I love it. Yeah, mammals in the, the bison in my heart is dancing around. I'm very happy. Yeah, <laughs> megafauna. <laughs> wow, look at the size. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we're t- all about ungulates today. Alex, do you like an ungulate? I think I learned the word ungulate from a far side cartoon. <laughs> I don't know how many other people had that experience. Let me but Google there's the it's like a guy in a back alley. Ungulate. <laughs> it's like the strip is like a guy in a back alley. It's the trope of like yeah. a guy with a coat full of illicit watches or whatever. But it's a guy in the back alley saying, hey, you want to buy an ungulate? And then there's a bunch of like antelope in the shadows. It's great. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Black market ungulate. Yeah. Uh, They are a clade of quadruped mammals. Typically, they've got hooves. This includes animals you'd probably expect like horses, deer, cows, camels, and sheep. But also animals you might not expect like rhinos, giraffes, tapirs. And even cetaceans, which is dolphins and whales. 
And the reason dolphins and whales oh. are in that clade is they evolved from terrestrial ungulate ancestors. So they do not have Whoa, hooves. Cool. They are, they, you know, thinking of a dolphin as an ungulate is very strange, but they are in that clade uh, because they did evolve from weird little deer things. I didn't know they got to remain in the club. That's amazing. Yeah, they're still in the club. I mean, I don't. I think if you called a dolphin an ungulate, you might get some weird looks, but they are technically in the same clade as ungulates. So, <laughs> you know, you might get some side eyes. If you're like, yeah, <laughs> dolphins is an ungulate. Because I, I care about scientific accuracy, and I also care about you know, fitting in with the cool marine biologists and right, trying to hit right, it off exactly. With. So it's important to kind of a West Side <laughs> Story that. situation where you have the marine biologists and then the terrestrial animal biologists snapping their fingers and <laughs> right, the sharks and something besides the chats, the coelacanths <laughs> or whatever old ocean thing they yeah. care about. <laughs> yeah, vaquitas in the. Chevrotains sounds sounds really badass, but those are two of the cutest examples of uh, cetaceans and uh, ungulates. So first, let's talk about what a hoof is. So not all ungulates have hooves, but most hooved animals are ungulates. A hoof is the tip of a toe of an animal where the nail or claw has evolved into a very thick and hard keratinous chunk that the animal can walk on. So there are both even-toed ungulates like deer who have an even number of toes on each foot or the odd-toed ungulates like horses who walk on an odd number of toes. For instance, horses walk on one big old toe, which has grown to incredible proportions. So, wow. uh, yeah, they're just walking on their tiptoes. Ungulate legs are Typically pretty interesting anatomically. So the part of the horse that you would probably think of as the knee is actually its wrist. So that big knobby thing on the horse, you're like, that's where its knee is, right? Oh. That's that's where it's walking. Mm. Uh, that's, that's its ankle and or wrist. So below that are the elongated oh. and fused bones of the metacarpals. In humans, the metacarpals are actually that first segment of our fingers and toes. You you guys can't see it because I'm in your ears, but I'm showing uh, Alex my fingers because this is the metacarpals. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's just they And then are the rest walking. of it is Katie's hoof, actually. It continues into her <laughs> and hoof. And they fuse and into a single horrifying hoof <laughs> that I like to prance around on, uh, which is, you know, really an interesting image. But yeah, I mean, basically... <laughs> Horses are walking on one long toe. So that's interesting and a little bit upsetting, I guess. This is really changing my whole understanding of horses. Like the the whole essentially bottom half of what I think of as their leg is basically right. a foot. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like. Freaky. Yeah. Because if you think of a horse leg, it bends in like. Three places, kind of. So you've got the shoulder part, but then under that you have the yeah. actual knee and or elbow. Um, and then under that you have where you would kind of think the knee would go is actually the uh, wrist or ankle joint. And then below that you have the finger joints. So 
weird. Yeah. It's like I'm thinking of that meme where it's like, how would a dog wear pants? And it's either across <laughs> or at the back. Like now I'm thinking of how would a horse wear shoes? And the shoe is like half the leg, you know, because it's it's the foot or whatever. Freaky. Yeah, I think there's a, some kind of drawing of like what a human would look like with horse proportions. Oh, <laughs> it's called BoJack Horseman. It's a very good show. A lot of people like it. There's a lot of fun diagrams of people walking like horses and it's showing sort of the uh, the similar stuff. Well, my Google search is certainly very strange and interesting, but not very scientifically <laughs> relevant. So moving on, <laughs> ungulates, weird toe walkers, but it gets weirder. And we can look back in time to some extinct species that were absolutely just bonkers. So there used to be a gigantic deer that would roam around in Ireland and Russia and parts of Europe called the Irish elk. And it was not an elk. It was a deer. It was also known as Megaloceros giganteus because it was giganteus. (laughs) So... (laughs) Its skeletal remains have been found in the bogs of Ireland, which those bogs are really amazing at preserving dead things. Uh, It probably went extinct over 7,000 years ago. So humans definitely overlapped with this thing. So it had a massive set of moose-like antlers. So you have two types of antlers. You have sort of the, the antlers you see on like a deer, But then the antlers you see on a moose or like a, I think it's called a fallow deer. Yeah, a fallow deer are palmated antlers. So a palmated antlers basically means hand-like antlers, just like a moose. You know, they have sort of this uh, solid uh, palm and then it branches off into quote-unquote fingers. So yeah, palmated antlers. And it was absolutely pants weddingly huge gigantic gigantic it yeah <laughs> i'm sorry I'm, I'm imagining the first human to invent pants overlapping with the end of this animal yeah. so like they finally finish pants and immediately pee them because they yeah, see this yeah. animal you know like well, ah, I, well. <laughs> I think they were invented to be peed in like like you know some very early human like oh my god that deer makes me want to pee my my pants. And then he invents pants and he pees them <laughs> promptly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the this big old deer uh, stood at around seven feet tall, over two meters at the shoulders. It could weigh over 1,500 pounds or 700 kilograms. It was similar mm. in size to uh. a moose, plus, you know, maybe maybe a little bigger than a moose, but it had much bigger antlers. The antlers were the biggest known of any deer, and they spanned 12 feet from side to side. So that's 3.6 meters of antlers, and they weighed almost 90 pounds, or 40 kilograms, over twice the size of the antlers of a moose. So, yeah, big big antlers. (laughs) Right, that's the freakiest part, that it's the same size of the rest of the animal, pretty much. Yeah. And just pile on <laughs> so much. Do you remember that old uh, The Grinch uh, Who Stole Christmas cartoon version, not the Jim Carrey version? Yeah. Yeah, the cart, like the uh, Chuck, 
the Chuck Jones cartoon, and he's trying to disguise his the little dog into a deer, so he puts a big set of antlers on the dog, so the dog tips forward, and he keeps having to yeah. shave off uh, the antlers until it's the right <laughs> size for the dog to wear. Yeah. <laughs> dog keep, keeps tipping forward. That's how I imagine these deer, just like tipping forward all the time, but... Yeah, that's why their bodies had to be so huge and muscular. They even had like this big hump on their back similar to a bison that would help probably kind of balance them a little more and also gave them the ability to both store fat and have longer leg strides uh, at the attachment of their shoulders. So yeah, just beasts, big old beasts. And probably... Almost like harrowing to see because I have family in Colorado who've seen a moose in the wild in real life. And they described it as a little more scary than majestic. You know what I mean? Like they're that big and they're kind of aggressive. And they only have, you know, like 1% of these antlers or whatever. I I don't want to see an Irish elk in life. Boy, oh boy. Forget it. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I I think moose are scary. I, I appreciate them obviously i think they're beautiful animals i respect them i would not want to be face to face with a moose that is terrifying they're they're big dangerous wild animals i think that sometimes and certainly not people who live with moose i think they probably understand and have a healthy respect for the moose but deer and moose and, and ungulates in general i think uh, maybe other than bulls, we kind of don't think of as dangerous, but they certainly can be. Yeah, bulls, bulls. I think because of media, are the one right. exception where we're like, oh yeah, that plant eater is dangerous. Right, But exactly. otherwise we have this weird like dinosaur, I think, based concept where we're like, oh, if it eats plants, you can hug it. And if it eats right. meat, it's, it's the bad guys in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but really not the case. Even like if you've seen... Um, these herbivores fighting back against the carnivores, in, uh, especially in uh, the the sub-Saharan savanna, like the giraffes kicking lions, and you know, it just just yeah. they can really, I mean, they can sometimes kill lions, like a giraffe, even something like um, you know, some of the bigger the bigger ungulates, like. Are, are hippos ungulates? Hippos are ungulates, and they can certainly ruin your day and stomp in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wildebeest can really mess a lion up. Absolutely just wreck a lion. So, yeah, I mean, it's they, they right. are very capable. Uh, moose are very capable. Even regular-sized deer can hurt people. They can kill people. They can stomp you. They can gore you. You know, if you anger a deer up close, I mean, we have a great advantage with our weapons and stuff, and generally they're afraid of us. But if they feel like they've got to fight you uh, to get out of a situation, you're in a lot of trouble because, yeah, they are they're dangerous animals. And so (laughs) and so this this thing with antlers, 12 feet wide antlers, that's like two like it could carry two dudes. Mm. In each set of antlers, yeah. you know, like that's insane. <laughs> that's it's it's absolutely the deer of your nightmares. And yeah, I mean, uh, we did apparently hunt them, which I guess early humans were just like, yeah, mammoths, giant <laughs> deer, pff, no big deal. Just going to 
go up to this thing. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there was a good amount of uh, collateral damage of early humans of like, what's this thing? And then next thing they know, like they've been cleanly hewn in half by a giant set of antlers. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, one of the theories for why these uh, went extinct is because of those huge uh, antlers because they are very costly in terms of nutrition. You need a lot of nutrition to build up that those muscles and to be able to actually grow such huge antlers. And uh, you, they're also kind of, you know, not the most aerodynamic things in the world. So if you're trying to run through a forest <laughs> away from a group of human hunters, I would imagine they'd get stuck in things like in trees and you know, it's probably not the most um, advantageous feature. The reason they got so huge was for probably sexual selection because they were huge in males and it was probably to impress females yeah. and to signal to other males that like they were awesome and great and don't even bother trying to compete. Yeah, they're essentially built like Johnny Bravo, it sounds like. <laughs> but he doesn't need all that hair up there. Come on. Yeah. Johnny. Definitely sort of the ornamental bodybuilders of uh, of the ungulate world where it's kind of it's kind of decorative, you know? It looks intimidating, but a lot of it is decorative. I mean, they could definitely crush you if they fell on you, but you know. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So now we're going to talk about one of the most uncanny, weird, just getting, we're getting real freaky with these, 
with these deer, Alex. We're going to talk about Protoceridae, which is a family of even-toed ungulates of North and Central America that went extinct over 4 million years ago, whose bodies look similar to deer, but their heads look like a deer from Salvador Dali's nightmares. So, (laughs) (laughs) Not his good dreams, where stuff's also melting, but it's happy. (laughs) <laughs> Although maybe with Salvador Dali, maybe his nightmares were just realistic things like cute teddy bears and <laughs> normal looking things. And he's like, ah, I just dreamed about a clock that right. wasn't melting. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell time. No. <laughs> so my inspiration for this section is actually from a Twitter thread by an ecology student Aditya Srinath, and some paleo artists discussing one of the weirdest extinct families of ungulates out there. So, Protoceridae, if you look at one of these skulls, you will be convinced that dragons were real. Alex, I have shared with you some of these skulls. These will also be in the show notes. They, you know, they look like dragons or dinosaurs, right? Yeah, it's got dinosaur vibes. Mm-hmm. And then also sort of a horse mouth, as I understand skeletons. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> like, if you came upon it in the desert southwest, all bleached and stuff, you you would assume it's some sort of dark tower situation where a yeah. gunslinger was fighting monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are many different species with really wacky looking skulls, but typically they would have yeah. four horns quote unquote horns, they're actually most likely ossicones. So an ossicone is something like you see on a giraffe. They are a bone structure covered in skin and fur. For this section, I'm going to use terms like horn and antler just to describe the shape of these things. But technically, horns are a structure covered in keratin and antlers are a bony structure that are shed and regrown every year. And they, like a deer's antlers, will actually start out covered in a thin layer of skin and fur, which is shed. Whereas ossicones, which is what we're talking about here, are structurally similar to antlers in that they have a bone, bony base and they're covered in skin and fur, but they're permanent. And so they never shed that skin and fur coating. Oh, just amazing. Yeah. I mean, like the, the, little, the little knobs on a giraffe head. I don't think about them too much, but when I do, I realize they're kind of weird, right? I do, I because I used to give tours of a zoo at Brookfield Zoo, and we had a lot of giraffes that were part of the tour route. And I think people always thought of them as just silly, but then those little, uh, I guess, ossicones on the top of the head, they indicate some sort of more warlike past to me of the giraffes. I don't know if that's true. And then, as you said, yeah. giraffes will totally fight and kick in the modern day. They still got it. Yeah, but with their necks. But yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I don't know exactly what the ossicones are used in giraffes. They may be for mate selection. I don't think they're used for fighting, uh, but they may have had a relative that used them for fighting or for mate signaling. So yeah, so in these extinct species, these were probably used in sexual selection because it was the males that had the most just bananas situation going on with these ossicones. So Yeah. Once again, Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo's <laughs> most species, it turns out, folks. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the cartoon from, I think, the, the 90s, maybe later. Classic anyway. 90s cartoon where it was this guy whose like, body mass was 90% <laughs> 
the the pectorals and uh, and biceps and then tiny little legs. Uh, and actually, yes. you know what? <laughs> that Johnny Bravo analogy is going to hold out throughout the show, especially with our last uh, one we're going to talk about. So hold on to that thought. <laughs> Scientific name, Jonicus Bravonicus, Jonicus actually, too, if people want to find it in the... <laughs> You know, the finer scientific texts out there. <laughs> so most species of Protocertidae uh, had two horny protrusions behind the eyes and two on the snout. But depending on the species, these horns were in all sorts of different weird shapes. And yeah, it was the males ran particularly wild with it. So one species called Synthetoceros, had a nose antler that started out as like one long mm. unicorn horn and branched into two. So kind of like kind of like a slingshot. I could imagine, you know, you wrapping a rubber band around it and using it as slingshot. <laughs> what was that old show with like the caveman family who would like ride around on weird dinosaur things and like what was with that? the Flintstones? No. I mean Flintstones is one of those things. No. Definitely Flintstones <laughs> would uh, use this as like a mobile like a slingshot creature. But no, there was another one. Uh, the movie The Crudes? I have not seen it. The movie The Crudes. <laughs> I googled cartoon dinosaur times 80s and that didn't help me really at all. Slingshot in an old cartoon. I almost thought you were going to say Bart Simpson. Like when he just goes around slingshotting things. But, uh, but no, that's not it. <laughs> Especially in the early seasons, they were like, he's a real troublemaker. And part of it was that he had a slingshot in his back pocket, which no child has done since, I don't know, FDR. It's very old fashioned to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Dennis the Menace <laughs> slingshot in the back pocket. Herculoids. Yeah. It was Herculoids. Do you remember Herculoids? No, I don't know it. Don't know it. Yeah, I never heard of it. I mean, it was a little before our time, I think. Uh, I only saw reruns and stuff, but they had like weird, like... Mon dinosaur monsters and like a rhino that would shoot stuff out of its forehead and like a gorilla made out of stone and then these just like big goo things anyways it was a really weird show and this makes me think of something <laughs> from that weird show I think it was from the 70s but yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so in addition to the slingshot on its nose it also had these two horns behind its eyes that were curved and even weirder, so there's this dip in the nasal bones that some people, including paleo artist Ville Sinkonen, uh, speculate uh, may have been because of an inflatable skin pouch at the base of the horn that males could have used oh. similar to how animals like elephant seals or frigate birds inflate a pouch for sexual displays, but like right on top of its nose. So I'm definitely including a link to a hilarious and really interesting animated 3D recreation by Ville Sinkonen. It's this such a goofosaurus, like, I mean, it's a, it's a <laughs> ungulate, mammalian ungulate, but it's so goofy looking. And then on top of that, the potential for this inflatable nose pouch, just incredible, magnificent. <laughs> I'm looking at this little video and look, they did a really professional job. It's really well put together and it makes it funnier to me. Like, yeah. It's just this. <laughs> it looks like it has like an Edgar Allan Poe telltale heart underneath 
the front of its face. I love it. <laughs> really good. Like it it's won't bulbous. stop beating in a way that's yeah. unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it looks like it would make a little like bicycle horn honking sounds. <laughs> so. <Yeah>. <laughs> or have like that wheezing nerd voice that's in <laughs> cartoons. Like it's trying to talk, but it, there's just wheezing all the time. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, there's and this is just one species. There are several species of really weird looking ones and. I'm including in the show notes a, a diagram of a few of them. One of them was para, Paratoceros wardi, which appeared to have two big triangular horns right above the eyes, like almost like eye lashes that fused into a horn. And then uh, two uh. smaller bony triangular protrusions in front of the eyes and this weird... Little wishbone shaped bone right on top of its skull between the ears, like it's wearing one of those little propeller hats. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it almost looks like old TV antennas <laughs> and pictures of old TVs in a way that no one has now. Like <laughs> Yeah. Like it's no, picking it's- up channels two through seven for free and it's really <laughs> proud of it. You know, beating the cable company. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And there's Protoceros Solaire, which was, I don't, I struggled to figure out how to describe this. It has fangs. That's important. Like vampire fangs. Uh, it of has course, like two yeah. bony shark fins um, or dolphin fins like uh, at the sides of its <laughs> nose. And then just a complete chaos as you go up the face. Uh, there are ridges around its eyes like a square ridge right above its eyes and then two joysticks right behind its eyes. So that's the thing. It basically has one of the landscape backgrounds from Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner but on top (laughs) of its head, like several mesas in a way that would be our greatest national park, but doesn't exist. Yeah, it's a a skate park built on top of a deer head. (laughs) Yeah, it's just these things are they're so I mean, so ambitious, The yeah. just the ambition of these creatures that thought they could get away with this, these horns. <laughs> it also I'm not a hunter, but I feel like the hunting community would be losing its mind if it could have this many different kinds of antlers to count and rate themselves on. Right. Like they all <laughs> love just the amount of points deer antlers have. <laughs> They would they would be like like weird stat had baseball nerds about yeah, all this these, if it was available to them today. These antlers would require some long division. It's it's a situation. <laughs> it's a whole situation. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So now we're going to talk about <laughs> truly the most Johnny Bravo of, of all deer. It is a species of giant gorilla bear deer that went extinct over 78,000 years ago, found in North America, Eurasia, and Africa. So these are... Yeah. Did, you, did you say gorilla bear deer? Was yes, that all I did. I, no, actually, I okay. said giant gorilla bear deer. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the fourth animal there is giants like a yeah. jack of the beanstalk really yeah. cool <laughs> so these were odd-toed ungulates and though they were odd-toed ungulates they didn't really have the same hoof leg structure as ungulates such as horses instead of hooves they had these three big claws kind of like a sloth um and mm. the way they walked were very strange. Do you know those like strider costumes? I think they're in like the dark crystal and a lot of people wear them for like parades or Halloween or something where you're kind of you have two stilts that you hold with your arms and then you're on a set of shorter oh. stilts with your back legs and people kind of walk around like some kind of weird animal. Um it's yeah. basically shaped like that. It's like it's like Cloverfield monster posture. Yeah. That, that, where you have like big, big, big front legs and then little back ones. Yes. And uh, everyone monster. does shaky cam footage. That is what these are. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and they liked to eat leaves and shrubs. So they had these little short uh, hind legs uh, and really, really big beefcakes arms. Uh, obviously skipping leg day, but doing like quadruple duty on arm day and they walked on their knuckles of their forelimbs kind of similar to a gorilla sort of like side side knuckling it actually more like an anteater walks because they had such huge claws on their front limbs they couldn't really uh. walk directly on these claws they had to curl them inwards and walk on the sides uh, on their knuckles and then uh, their heads were horse-like uh, and they had like the you know basically a big big horse mouth and they would <laughs> so a review of what's happening here uh, beefy body of a gorilla walks like a cross mm -hmm. between a gorilla and an anteater 
It has claws like a sloth, head and neck like a horse. They weighed over 1,300 pounds or 600 kilograms. They were about six feet tall at the shoulders or 1.8 meters and over seven feet long or two meters. And it could use its huge claws to pull down trees and strip off limbs for them to get at leaves or probably to fight off predators. Yeah, they could just put up those dukes and and do it and maybe fall over if it picks up its front legs. (laughs) But, you know, still uh, pretty good until then. Pretty good. Even funnier, they probably were able to rear up on their hind legs to get at tall trees. So just these little teeny tiny, like, I mean, their legs aren't that tiny. They're like bare legs. But compared to the front of them with these huge arms, they do look disproportionately small. And yeah, I mean, yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, looking at this thing, it's like it's like a mule or a donkey crossed with like a bear or a giant sloth and with huge claws that could definitely decapitate you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Absolute cuties. It is. It's like pretty nice looking for being the exact nightmare collage you have described. Yeah. It's it's pretty fun to look at for being parts of seven different mammals. It, al- it almost feels like somebody was vaguely told about mammals in passing and tried to draw what that is. Yeah, you know? like- yeah. It feels like a bestiary drawing from a monk who's never seen a horse or a gorilla uh, and tried to draw <laughs> right. a combination of the two from memory. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I... And they're like... You're a monk. Aren't you supposed to be focused on the Bible? And they're like, it's part of it. It's part of it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, they love to draw their their weird animals and those little inserts in the side. I mean, I don't blame them. God, it must have been boring to be a monk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, enough time staring at the wall and brewing beer that will be better later. You know, you want to start drawing weird lions that don't yeah. make sense. Yeah, Come I'm going to try to draw a lion despite never having seen one or even heard a description of one. I think it's like yeah. a dog with spikes. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I, I would absolutely like feed one of these sugar cube, call it sea biscuit, and ride around on it until it like decided it was annoyed by me and just sli- sliced me cleanly in two. <laughs> it could it could definitely be the tank in your like fantasy role playing group of four or five characters. Yeah. It could definitely be the one that receives a lot of damage while somebody else is a mage and there's an archer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely the tank and yeah, or like a Star Wars creature that, uh, you know, (laughs) that, uh, makes some ridiculous, uh, fully sound effect as, as you ride around on it. Yeah, Star Wars, I feel like throughout that franchise, they're very anti-megafauna, right? Like there's some people ride and stuff, but the Wampa and then the Rancor and then that big thing in the seventh movie. And stuff. There's a lot of like, if it's a big animal, it's a monster. No thanks. Big animals are cool. Get out of here, Star Wars. <laughs> Not into it. But yeah, I do. I do think like if if uh, if cre- creature Kringle times reindeer need a break, I don't know. I, I would love. I would love to see a sleigh driven by like 
a couple of a couple of giant Irish elk, a couple of weird uh, <laughs> proto ceridae with just absolutely Boschian MC Escher like faces, and then you know bringing up bringing up the rear, maybe a couple of these uh, gorilla deer. I love it. <laughs> just just following like a celebrity's bodyguards, like, <laughs> <laughs> just little two of them in turtlenecks. Yeah, <laughs> sunglasses yeah. and those like little little ear wires. It's like you know, <laughs> baby reindeer to to Papa 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 Santa. Uh, we eyes on the package. <laughs> <laughs> and then later in the movie, you find out they're actually really sweet guys. You judge yeah. them for their size, but actually, one of them does a lot of needlepoint. I like how uh, you just other... willed a movie into existence, like later in the movie, about <laughs> this crew of oh, yeah. non-reindeer. <laughs> I've been storyboarding this whole time. My hand is very tired. Uh, yeah. It'd be called Santa Claus, and then there'd be like in the, hey. in the poster art, these fake claw rips and then blood dripping down, right? I am astonished that it's not already a movie title. I'm sure like, it is. You could... Santa Santa Claus movie. Oh, it certainly is. It's got two stars on oh, okay, IMDb. Cool. Oh, Sounds there's right. different yeah. types of Santa Claus movies. There's one that's starring kittens as uh, it looks like one oh. kitten's like a reindeer, one kitten's like an elf. So Santa Claus, the kittens movie. Amazing. Then there's Santa Claus starring a skeleton dressed as Santa carrying a, um axe. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. hold on so they were like we're gonna make a horror movie called santa claus what's the first monster yeah. we pick definitely something that has no claws a skeleton perfect uh, <laughs> there's also it. a 2014 uh, movie called santa stole our dog um not sure oh. and then there's another uh santa claus movie with kittens that seems to be a pretty popular one <laughs> Santa stole our dog. Santa stole He's just a huge dog. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is not this is not necessarily the theme of the podcast, but I do have to see if I can read the uh description of this this movie, the Santa stole our dog. So Santa stole our dog is a 2017 Christmas movie. It's called oh. Santa Stole Our Dog, uh, A Merry Dog on Christmas um, by Brian Michael Stoller. Brian Michael Steeler? Of course he wrote this. Of course he did. Um, so the summary is, is pretty simple. On Christmas Eve, Santa Claus accidentally steals the family dog. So begins an epic journey through the 12 days of Christmas as the family ventures to the North Pole to get their beloved canine back. Now, the cover uh -huh. of... The Santa stole our dog has a dodo bird on it, um, which I'm not sure I understand <laughs> that. This is definitely something I'm going to have to watch and get back to you guys on what, what's going on with this uh, with this movie, because it looks... I am astonished that this movie connected to megafauna. There's a dodo on it. Incredible. Great. <laughs> Those are megafauna, right? Like, amazing. I, I feel like cool. they're medium fauna. Medium fauna. That's about right. Yeah. Santa stole our dog. I, I don't think I'm allowed. Maybe I could play just a little clip from the trailer. Let me let me see. This is a this is a yeah. this is a special creature feature first. Me playing a clip from a trailer that 
only has a tenuous connection to uh, animal biology. <laughs> I have also pulled up this IMDb page, and I'm seeing a very cockeyed Santa who is apparently played by Ed Asner, R.I.P., and I'm also seeing that the subtitle of Santa Stole Our Dog is a merry dog on Christmas exclamation yes. point. So exclamation a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. So I did I did manage to get the trailer. It's a creature Kringle Times uh, Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> There's um Okay, giving Santa a lot of credit up front. Maybe he's a thief, guys. Okay. Yeah, it stars Ed Asner as Santa Claus, uh, bad CGI reindeer, and, uh, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, this is, uh, wow. The trailer is basically just the kids going, um, Santa stole our dog, and then the adults going, like, Santa stole our dog, and then there's a newspaper that reads, Santa steals family's dog, and then Santa going, like, <laughs> whose dog did I allegedly steal? <laughs> Who do you belong to? Wonderful. Yeah. I feel so blessed to find this. It's just 90 straight minutes of people making surprised faces back and forth. That's the entire Santa movie. Santa stole like, a huh? dog? A dog what? was stolen by Santa? Uh, well, that's enough of that. Uh, but before we go, we do have to answer the question of guess who's squawking? It's the mystery animal sound game where every week I present to you a mystery animal sound and you guess who is squawking. So last week's mystery animal sound hint was this happy little corn eating animal may sound cute but it's a little stuck up. <laughs> All right, so, uh, okay. Alex, do you have any guesses? <laughs> First, I want to hear your so impression of it. My my favorite part is that there is there was like some tapping noise within it that mm -hmm. sounded like it was using a computer. That's my favorite <laughs> part is that <laughs> it was eating corn. This tiny little freak was also blogging. So really good. Uh <laughs> If by using a computer you mean eating corn, then yes. Oh, they're the same to me. Um <laughs> wow. And you said it's a little stuck up. Is mm -hmm. that right? That was part of the hint. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Uh yeah. I mean I'm imagining so many mammals. It's <laughs> is it is that what I'm gonna go very vanilla and guess a squirrel. A squirrel, huh? Well that is not correct. But congratulations yeah, okay. to a bunch of listeners who did get the answer right. I am very proud of you all. But the three fastest on the draw were Aaron K, Eric P, and Twitter user Dave Blogger. Great job, you guys, and to everyone else who wrote in and guessed correctly or guessed at home and sent me telepathic vibes that this is a porcupine. <laughs> this is a oh. North American porcupine named Teddy. So, I mean, the individual Teddy. porcupine's name is Teddy. 
They're not named Teddy in general. <laughs> so, yeah, North American porcupines have around 30,000 sharp quills, modified fur fibers that are sharp and ready to embed themselves in your skin if you're not careful. They can also emit a strong cheesy odor if threatened. And they like to grunt and make noises when they are eating things like corn, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I can relate. Yeah. I mean, I know when I got a corn cob, I'm just getting getting in there going. <laughs> did, you, did you say 30,000 quills? Yeah. Or modified quills? Yeah. They're so... I mean, they're not small, small, but that's astounding that they yeah, can fit that many on that body. It's a lot. And they're little ones, too. They're the big ones on their backs and then just smaller ones. Uh, and they're all sharp and pokey and you don't want to get them in your face. And they don't, I, I think, I mean, I don't know if this is still a common misconception, but I know it used to be like when I was a kid growing up that like they could shoot quills. And no, they, they can't do that. They don't like shoot quills at you. They uh, will yeah. just sort of stand up. Uh, and present their quills to you, uh, you know, and like if you get your face in their business, uh, they will, you know, get you. Right. They're not the needle or gun from the Halo franchise. <laughs> right. They as awesome as that would be. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Although there are spiders like tarantulas that actually can fling their urticating hairs at you, which are these much smaller uh, irritating hairs. So if you get in their business, they can like sort of rub, flick their uh, urticating hairs at something that's threatening them. So, but porcupines don't do that. They just, you know, sort of uh, stick up their spines. And then if you get invade their personal space, well, you're going to get what's coming to you, (laughs) which is about 30,000 sharp, (laughs) sharp skin piercing spines. Right. And they're they're too busy to throw any quills, too. They're all about that corn life. Yeah, they're, they're all, all about, about the corn, corn life. Uh, also, yeah. I al- always like to answer the question of, like, how do porcupines mate? Very carefully, uh, which is actually true. <laughs> all that. The yeah. uh, females, um, basically all mating has to be consensual with porcupines. And the females, if they approve of a male, they will curl their tail up revealing sort of their underside a little bit so that the male can mount them without getting eviscerated uh, which I think is sweet and romantic <laughs> I like that it just is the the joke very carefully That's yeah true. no yeah. I mean it's it, correct it, you know <laughs> yes that is correct so on to this week's mystery animal sound a hint tis the season So who do you think is talking? Yeah, Katie, I'm sorry I burped eight times there. You can go ahead and play the sound now. <laughs> no more soda during recordings. <laughs> who do you think that oh, is? Oh, should I guess? Yeah, Or go is for it. it for next week? Well, yeah, I'll answer it next week, but you can try to guess this week. I mean, tis the season makes me think. I'm, I'm very excited to learn what it is. You are actually correct. Whoa! But of course, I'm going to jingle you out, so that the listeners can get a chance to guess correctly. 
yeah, so. My guess was filthy. She had to censor it. Just absolutely <laughs> disgusting. He guessed the most inappropriate animal in the world. <laughs> Just disgusting. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard such horrible language on this show before. Eh. <laughs> Christmas, you know? What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, happy Creature Kringle times, everyone. Next week, we will have a Creature cre- a creature Kringle time special. Yeah, yeah. I hope everyone's ha- enjoying the season, celebrating whatever they would like. And staying safe and healthy and warm. Yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me, Alex. Where can people find you? It's always great. Always, always great. And uh, and yeah, I make a podcast called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. I really hope people check it out. Each one's about one thing that people think is ordinary. And then we get into history, science, lore about why it's amazing. And there are many wonderful episodes with Katie Golden. What? Yes. You should check them out. Especially there will be one start of January, a new one. It's exciting. I love the topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the topic might make you make a series of high-pitched noises as you enjoy it. <laughs> might fun make you hint. go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the pod uh, and you leave me a rating and review, I read all the reviews and I cherish them and I print them out and I hang them up in my house i'm like look at that one from weed goku 69 who liked my show so thank you so much uh and if you think you have an answer to the animal uh sound guessing game you can write me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com creaturefeaturepod on instagram creaturefeetpod on twitter that's f-e-a-t not f-e-e-t something very different and of course, thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature features a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.